Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. It shall be focused on the study of 2 Kings chapter 6. Before we begin, we'll start with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word that we're learning today. Lord, we recognize that as human beings, we often look to our surroundings and complain, but we forget who is with us. We remember the disciples when they were on the, bo- on the boat on, and was about to sink and the waves were tossing it to and fro like a bottle top on the ocean. But Father, they looked at the surroundings and all of that grotesque uh, turn of events, but they forgot that you were in their ship. So Father, help us to have faith and may you open our eyes that we may recognize that even a greater than Solomon is here with us today, that we might have faith in you and know that Lord, we know him who have committed our souls unto him against that day. We know that we are persuaded that he is able to preserve us until that day. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 2 Kings chapter 6. Chapter 6 And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once, nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants, and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go, and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night, and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, Behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness. 
according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom ye seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass, when they were come into Samaria, that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men, that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, when he saw them, My father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them. Wouldest thou smite those whom thou hast taken captive with thy sword and with thy bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. And it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad king of Syria gathered all his host and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king! And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, when shall I help thee out of the barn floor or out of the winepress? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him, and she hath hid her son. And it came to pass, when the king heard the words of the woman, that he rent his clothes. And he passed by upon the wall, and the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. Then he said, God do so and more also to me, if the head of Elisha the son of Shaphat shall stand on him this day. But Elisha sat in his house, and the elders sat with him. And the king sent a man from before him. But ere the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, See ye how this son of a murderer hath sent to take away mine head? Look, when the messenger cometh, shut the door, and hold him fast at the door. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? And while he yet talked with them, behold, the messenger came down unto him, and he said, Behold, this evil is of the Lord. What should I wait for the Lord any longer? Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, The Unveiling of God. This is preached in 1964 on June the 14th in the morning. We'll begin in paragraph 50 up to paragraph 104. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Now someone said the other day, uh, a Baptist minister out in Tucson, how can you say that uh, Jesus and God would be the same person? I said, well, it's very easy if you just let your own thinking get away and think the Bible terms of it. They are the self-same being. God is a spirit. Jesus is the body that he was veiled in. See? I said, like in my home, to my wife, I am her husband. And I have a young daughter, Rebecca. I am her father. And I have a grandson. And his name is Paul. I am his grandfather. I am husband 
father and grandfather. And my wife has no claims on me as father or grandfather. She has claims on me alone as husband. And my daughter has no claims on me as husband or grandfather. She is my child. See? But yet all these three persons is the same person. Okay? That's God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's just the dispensation claims. God is saying the same God. God changed himself. Changes his form. If you notice here in Philippians, he said, not thinking it a robbery, but took the form of man. Now, the Greek word there for that form, I've been looking at it all day yesterday, trying to think out what it was. I find come with this word, uh, amorphia. It's spelled E-N-M-O-R-P-H-E. Looking in the Greek to find out what amorphia was, I may pronounce that wrong. But the reason I spell it, whether the tape is released, the people, will, scholars, will know what I, I mean by it. He, uh, when the immorphia, that means that he changed himself. He, he come down. Now, the Greek word there means that something that could not be seen, yet it's there. And then it's changed, and the eye can catch it. See? Like Elijah was a dolphin. See, the, the servant couldn't see all those angels around there. And God just changed, not brought the angels down, but he changed the seeing of the servant. And there was the mountains full of angels and fire and horses of fire, chariots of fire all around his prophet. See, they, he changed the seeing. The, the thing is already there. So that, what I'm trying to say, that God, that always was, is here. The only thing He'd done when He become man, He changed His mask. See? He, he, this uh, immorphia, he, he changed Himself to what He was, to what He is. Or His mask, uh, another act, like in a great drama. Uh, as I was uh, speaking this morning, kind of catching up on this of Shakespeare. It's been a long time, but when Shakespeare wrote the the, the drama the, uh, for King James of England, when he uh, the character of Macbeth, see Shakespeare did not believe in witches, but uh, uh, in the play for the king did believe in witches, so he had to include witches. See, and now in order to do this, they changed the cast. Becky here uh, and Carmen, they acted that in the, in the school where she just graduated a few weeks ago. Now, maybe one person played three or four parts. And in order to do that, he, he changed his mask. Sometimes he comes out, he's this character. And the next time he comes out, he's another character. But it is the same person all the time. And that's God. He changed himself from, from a pillar of fire to become a man. Then changed himself from that back into spirit again. That he might dwell in man. 
God acting in man, what he really was. Jesus Christ was God acting in man, in a man, in a man. That's what he was. He changed from the pillar of fire, and then it come in which was a veil in the wilderness that hid God from Israel. Moses seen the shape of his body, but really he was hid all the time behind this pillar of fire, which was the Logos that went from God. Now, we find here, now, since Pentecost, God is not acting uh, in man, or act, and now he's acting through man. See? He was acting in a man then, Jesus. Now he's acting through man that he has chosen for this purpose. God in the form of man, uh, he changed himself from the form of, of, a, of God to a form of man. He came in three names, three sons' names. He came in the son, name of the son of, of man, the son of David, and the son of God. Three sons' names. Now he came first in the son of day, uh, son of man, because he was a prophet. Now Jehovah Himself called Ezekiel and the prophets son of man. What seest thou? Jesus never referred to himself as son of God. He referred to himself as son of man, because the, the scriptures cannot be broken. There can be nothing broken in the scriptures. Every word must be so. That's the way that I believe it. That's the way it's got to be. Not because I believe it, because it's the word of God. Now, if you notice, in the beginning, one word, page one in the Bible, in Genesis 1, we find out that the whole, all the sickness, all the sorrow, all the heartaches and everything that's ever happened to human beings came because one person disbelieved one word caused all this. That's the first of the Bible. In the last of the Bible, Revelation 22, the same God said, Whosoever shall take one word out of this or add one word to it. See, it must be word by word. Just the way it is. So therefore, just take the little thing like I'm going someone always going over to you about the women uh, bobbing their hair. Now, to me, as long as she does that, I don't care how saintly she does and how much she knows, she's still wrong. Amen. She wears shorts and these clothes like that. I don't care what she does, how much she can sing, how well she can preach, whatever she could do, what kind of a life she lives, it's still that one word's broke. It's got to be every word, not a sentence, a word, one word. So the Bible is no private interpretation. It must be word by word the way it's written. We must believe that and not only believe it, but live it. If we don't live it, then we don't believe it. We just say we do. Like a... Basing back to what I said, those disciples could not explain it, but they believed it anyhow. And they made their confession and lived to it. When all the rest of them walked away from it, they stayed with it. 
They believed it. That's the way we do. That's the way you got to do it. No matter what anybody else does, we believe it and then we act upon it. If you don't do it, then you don't believe it. Uh, notice, now as he came, he had to come as son of man because the Holy Scripture said that he would, God would raise up a prophet to him. So he could not come calling himself the son of God because it wasn't that dispensation. He was the son of man prophesying to fulfill and revealing to them all the things that had been done in type what he was. Then he was on earth as son of man. Look at that seraphim woman run to him and said, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He never as much as raised his head. She had no claims on him as son of David. She was a Gentile. No more than my daughter has claims on me as husband. Or my wife as daughter. Yet she is my daughter and my wife. She's my daughter in the gospel. But earthly she has no rights to call me a, a father. See. Now notice. This Gentile woman had no claims on him as son of David. But blind Barnabas did. See. He was a Jew. Now he came as son of man. You have to know these words and these things. Look at Hattie Wright that time when the third pull, you remembered. Amen. Of all the everything, that woman said the right thing. You've got to say that right word. The right thing to God. Notice. Now, he came first as a prophet. And they crucified him. His own crucified him. He came as the Son of Man. Then after the Holy Spirit came... He was then the Son of God. God is a Spirit. He was the Holy Spirit, Son of God. He lived through the church ages as Son of God. Now, in the millennium, He'll be Son of David, sitting upon the throne of His father, David. He is the Son of David now. And remember, between the Son of God and the Lady of Sea Church Age, they put Him out. And Luke, he said, he would be revealed again as son of man. The prophet fulfilling the rest of it. The scriptures tie perfectly together. Son of man. Son of God. Son of David. What was it? It's the same God all the time. Just changing his form. In he just changed it. It's a great drama to him. He's acting it out. He came as son of man, the prophet. Done exactly. Even that little woman in all of her sin there at the well, she recognized him. She said, we know the Messiah's coming, which is called the Christ. That's what he'll do. See? She recognized because she was a predestinated seed. Then she, where the rest of them didn't recognize it, they had nothing to recognize with. They were in sin to begin with. For... For his acts, he changes his form. Then he came the form of son of man for the reformer's age. Wesley, Luther, and all down through the... And then we find out that they got it so bundled up, just like the Israelites did. So when he does appear in the last days in the Pentecostal age as the Holy Spirit, they rejected him. 
Amen. They did the same thing Israel did. Amen. And what does he do now? Return us, son of man. Amen. And then from that son of David. Amen. See how close we are? Son of man. Son of David. Son of God. He's revealed in the last days the son of man. According to Malachi 4. All the rest of the prophecies pertaining to this hour. No more dealing with the church after they put him out. On the outside, knocking at the door. Some predestinated seed in there yet he must get to them. God and man had emptied himself. Joel 2, 28, we find out. He said, I will pour out in the last days my spirit. Now, if you notice... Uh, the word there, Greek word, I may have this wrong, but the one I can find, you have to watch the words. The English sometimes means double meanings. Just like the word, we say God. God created the heavens and earth, Genesis 1. But now, in the Bible it said, in the beginning, Elohim. Now, Elohim, the English calls God, but it really wasn't Elohim. Anything could be God. To, the word God. You can make an idol a God. You can make that piano a God. You can make anything a God. But it isn't so in the word Elohim. It means a self-existing one. See? That piano cannot be self-existent. Nothing else can be self-existent. So the word Elohim means he that always existed. God can mean anything. See the difference in the word? Now, when it said here that he emptied himself or poured out, now we think like this, that he vomited up. The English word of emptied or poured out from him. See, something went out of him that was different from him. But the word kenosis in the Greek does not mean that he vomited up or some, his arm went off or his eye went out. Another person. That is, he changed himself. He poured himself into, amen, into another mask, into another form. Not another person went out of him called the Holy Spirit, but it was he himself. Amen. You get it? He himself poured himself into the people. Christ in you. How beautiful, how wonderful to think God pouring Himself into the human being, into the believer. Pour out. It was a part of His drama to do so. God, all the fullness, all the Godhead bodily was in this person, Jesus Christ. He was God and God alone. Not a third person or a second person or a first person, but the person. God veiled in human flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy. Great is the mystery of God. For G-O-D, Elohim. Capital G-O-D in the Bible. Referred back, anybody refers to in the original said Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim. And Elohim, without controversy, great is the mystery of Elohim. For Elohim 
was made flesh. And we handled him. Elohim. Nailed in human flesh. The great Jehovah. The cover all space, time, and everywhere was made man. We handled him. Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim. And Elohim was made flesh. Dwelt among us. What? This is his way. The parts of a drama. That's the way he used to act it out. His way of revealing himself to us. As some different person. We are mortal. And he knows that. And we only understand his mortals. We only know his mortals. We only know as our senses will let us know. And the rest of it we have to believe by faith. We have to say there is a God. Whether we see Him or not, we believe it anyhow. See? Whether there is or not, we still believe it. Because uh, God said so. Like Abraham could not see that son. No signs. No pregnancy of, of Sarah. No even any administration periods or anything. But yet God said so. All hopes even hit. Her womb was dead and his life in him was gone. And uh, the stream of his life had dried up in her. Her life had dried up within her. And yet he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong, giving praise, knowing that God was able to perform anything he said he would do. That's the way we got to believe that word today. How's it going to be? I don't know. God said it's going to be that way. And that settles it. Who is this great unseen person? Who is this that Abraham seen visions? Right at last, oh, he was manifested in flesh. Before the sun came, God himself came to Abraham in the form of a man. Amen. At the end time. Manifested. He saw him in a little light one time. He saw him in visions. He heard his voice. Many revelations. But just before the promised son, he saw him in the form of a man and talked to him and fed him meat and drink. Notice, God himself veiled in human flesh. This was a part of his way. This is the way he manifests himself uh, to us. Manifests the eternal word, God, Jehovah, made flesh. Like in St. John 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the well, in the beginning was Elohim. And Elohim was, became the Word. And the Word was Elohim. And the Word was made Elohim. See? It's the same thing as unfolding. Like the attribute. See? It is in God. An attribute is your thought. God, in the beginning, the eternal, He wasn't even a God. He was the eternal. He wasn't even God. God's an object of worship or something. See? So He wasn't even that. He was Elohim, the eternal. But in him was thoughts. He wanted to become material. And what did he do? Then he spoke a word. And the word was materialized. That's the whole picture from Genesis to Revelation. There's nothing wrong. It's Elohim materializing. So he can be touched, feel. And in the millennium, there's Elohim sitting on the throne. <laughs> That's right. With all of his subjects around him. And he predestinated before the foundation of the world, like a man building chimes or making chimes the motor. Each bell's got to ring different from the other. The same materials, but so much iron, so much 
uh, steel, so much brass to make it give the ting. That's what God did. He bred this one to that one to this one to that one to this one to that one until he got exactly what he wanted. Amen. That's how he come down. God unveiled himself in a pillar far down through the prophets and into the Son of God, which he was God. It's the same God bringing out exactly from perfection to perfection, from glory unto glory. That's the way the church goes. Notice, through the ages, the same way by his prophets, he has revealed himself. That wasn't exactly prophets. They were gods. He said so. For what they spoke was God's word. They were the flesh that God was veiled in. They were gods. Jesus said himself, said, how can you condemn me when I say I'm the son of God in your own law? Says to them who the word of the Lord came to was gods. So it was God formed and a man called a prophet. And the word of the Lord came to this man. So it wasn't the prophet. The prophet was the veil, but the word was God. The man's word won't act like that. See what I mean? It cannot act in that manner. But potentially it was God. See, he was the word of God in the form of a man. Called a man. Notice, he never changed his nature, only his form. Hebrews 13, 8 said he's the same yesterday day and forever. So he did not change his nature when he come. He is always that prophet. All down through the age. Same thing. The word. The word, the word, the word. See? He cannot change his nature, but he changed his form. Hebrews 13, 8 said he's the same yesterday and forever. He's changed his mask. Like I change from husband when my child is born, then I'm father. When my grandchild is born, I'm grandfather. See? But I don't change. That's still, still me. See? And that's God. It's just to change my... See? It's just change your form. See? Now it is. And nature changes it down from a young man to a middle aged to an old man. And there you are. See? You just change your form. Now, you couldn't say a little false up here 16 years old say he was grandfather. It couldn't be. His form has to be changed. A few years changes it. Then he becomes grandpa. See what I mean? But it's the same person all the time. The same person. God all time. In this way, he reveals himself to his people in doing this. Notice, through the age of the pillar of fire, he revealed himself to his people. In the age of, of Jesus, he revealed himself to his people. In the age of the Holy Spirit, a son of God, son of David, he always reveals himself in that manner to his people, making the people to know him. He's veiled behind something. Notice, in the same way, our same nature every time. God veiled in Jesus to do the work of redemption at the cross. God could not die as a spirit. He's eternal. But he had to put on a mask and act the part of death. He did die. But he couldn't do it in his God form. He had to do it in son form. As son of man on earth. See, he had to be son form. Then when he returned on Pentecost, he was son of God again. See what I mean? Get the idea? He was. He had to come into human flesh to, and nobody, no sexual desire because that proves again our statement of the serpent seed. See? Sexual. Absolutely sex. Not apples. Sex. That's right. That had to be. Notice here. See, for any good man, look at those prophets back there. But he had to be more than a prophet. See, in order to do that, he had to come virgin birth. Showing that virgin birth proved he had to be born virgin birth to take the curse off. The antidote. See what I mean? 
So it had to be sex. He proved it in his own coming. He come not in sexual desire, but through virgin birth. And he changed his mass from Jehovah to Jesus in order to take the redemptive work in the drama that he's acting out in God at the cross. The Greeks wanted to see him in St. John 12, 20. Many of you heard me preach on that, saying, Sirs, we would see Jesus. Did you notice that? Now, the Greeks were scholars. They were a great man. And they had a, they had a, a great feeling for God as Paul preached to them on Myers Hill. And they, were, they, they, led, they led the world in science and, and uh, education. They were great people. But they worshipped and believed in uh, mythology and so books of art, curious arts and so forth. But they, they got stirred up about this man who could heal the sick and could foretell things that happened to the dark. And they got stirred up so they come to see him. Now watch close now. Don't miss this. And they come and they said to Philip, which was of Bethesda, uh, Sir, we would see Jesus. And Philip and another disciple brought him to Jesus, to see Jesus. Now notice, the very words that Jesus reported back to him. For they come to see who he was, and they could not see him. They seen the form, but he was in his temple. God was in his temple, veiled in human flesh. Notice the words he said, except the corn or wheat falls into the ground. <laughs> See? And that, it abides alone. See? The hour has come. It'll soon be that the Son of Man will be glorified. Amen. See? And he must pass from this earth. And except this hour comes, you'll never be able to sit. See? Here, why couldn't they see Jesus? He was masked. God was masked. The Greeks wanted a God. And here he was. But they couldn't see him because of the veil. That's the same thing today. They can't see him because of the veil. It's over their face. These Greeks were masked. Or Jesus was masked to these Greeks. Notice. He said to them, uh, except this corn of wheat falls into the ground, it abides alone. They, they couldn't understand how. Why? That they couldn't see him. There stood a man. They'd come to see God and they seen a man. See? They couldn't see God because God was veiled to them. Now keep that on your mind. God was veiled in a man. They could say no man could do these works except it be God. No man could do it. And how here stands a man. And yet the works of God is manifested through him. See, they couldn't understand that God was veiled. He's veiled in a man. As he always was veiled. But he was veiled unto them. He was in his human temple. God was in a human temple. Be real careful. Now he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God veiled. Hiding himself from the world. Veiled in human beings. See? Here was God, those Greeks said, we would see him. Jesus said, a corn of wheat has to fall and die. You have to die to all your ideas. You have to get out of your own thoughts. Like those disciples once, they couldn't explain about eating his body and, and drinking his blood. But see, they died to those things. They were dead to a principle. 
They were dead to Christ. No matter what it is, how much defeat looked like he had, they still believed it anyhow. See? They could see in that man, a man that eat, drank, fish, slept, everything else, was born here on the earth and walked with them, talked with them, wore clothes like the rest of them, but that was God. So the Greeks couldn't see him because he was hid from them in a human being. Notice, his word to them, except this corn of wheat falls in the ground, God veiled in the form of a man, hid himself from their view. They could only see a man. But those predestinated seen God. One saw a man, the other saw God. And it was God veiled in a human being, making both of them right. But your faith in that, what you don't see. You believe it anyhow. God veiled in a human being. He was in that flesh, and that flesh was his veil. The veil was rent, that God might be made manifest. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you were veiled in human flesh. And Father, we know that even today you do the same. We thank you, Lord, that you hide yourself in simplicity and reveal yourself in the same. Help us, Father. May you open our eyes like Elisha prayed for the eyes of Gehazi to be opened. That we may recognize, Lord, that the angels of God encompass around those that fear him. That we have nothing to fear for, Lord, you've got the whole world in the palm of your hands. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
was best for me. Oh, oh. 